Uh, Stephen Cope, our guest today, uh, incredibly knowledgeable, um, same era as us, uh, and uh, has been at it for a long time. And uh, uh, he has a great position. He's a scholar in residence, sort of. So I guess he gets to what he wants to do. And, you know, the points he covered about Dharma and uh, a Dharma, uh, you know, those not being in their Dharma, I thought were extremely profound. And actually, for me, it was very insightful. I think that's one of the great problems of our time. Oh, I have no doubt, especially if you think of Dharma in the larger context. I mean, people uh, often misconstrue Dharma to, to mean duty. Right. Just duty. <clears throat> you know, you have to do your duty. Right. And, in, in, you know, in the time of the Bhagavad Gita, doing one's duty was pretty clear cut because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was a simple agrarian culture. You, you know, there were probably uh, you know, very small populations and there was orderly uh, mm-hmm. set up to the, you know, what you did in life. There weren't that many choices. And you had certain clear-cut responsibilities to your family members and your community and all that. But these days, you know, it's it's so complicated to know right from wrong, let alone what you're called to do. So having people like Stephen, who's not only deeply immersed in both Buddhist and a Hindu or yogic uh, teachings, but is a psychologist. You know, it, it's an important uh, role to play to help people discern their dharma and to understand dharma in the larger context. Right, and and, and I and I think at a time, you know, uh, when, when um, dharmic traditions aren't upheld, when people don't uh, flow into the same business as their as their parent right. or whatever like that, that it's a it, it's I I mean I remember being in in college and thinking, God, there's so many options open to me. Sometimes I wish they would just say, do this, you know, uh, I think that. His <laughs> and if they life, did, you would have rebelled. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we all did. Not going to be a pharmacist. Please for God's sake. tell me what to do. Don't <laughs> right. tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, But I, I think his advice on it was, uh, and it's, it's actually, actually going to affect how I uh, advise young people when they ask me questions along these lines is, you know, follow your bliss, do what you feel drawn to he gave three criteria and uh, and and i thought you know it was all about what you feel what you feel is purposeful and then what there was what was the other one uh what your um what you feel is your duty right in in any situation and then there was this business of what gives you difficulty because often yeah. well, in the difficulty you find your yeah so uh, a young person recently asked me uh you know, they were trying to figure out what they were going to do and, and uh, in terms of profession, what they were going to study. And I said, think of a job that you woke up every morning and you couldn't wait to do it, you know. And uh, now what I should add to that is that it's also purposeful. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's 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 contributing to society. And, and there's many ways to do that. Uh, so I found uh, also what you need to do, because there's a lot of pablum in the sort of new age self-help just you know follow your bliss do what you're called to do and the money will follow well it doesn't always work that way i was obviously called to be a writer you know and then you learn 
well, if you want to earn a living at it, yeah. you know, you have to often write, you know, and take on assignments you wouldn't that aren't, right. you know, your heart's calling right. and you have to make compromises and you have to do things. And, and there's an awful lot of people who are still waiting for the world to support their, you know, labors of love. It, it, you know, there's a lot to be. Sometimes you have to do what you have to do. Have to and, do what and, you have to do, and you have to, you know, learn the rules of the road. And you know, it's like when I re I remember back, you know, in those early days, I I was taking music lessons, and I really loved it. I was playing the flute, and I thought I'll be a jazz flutist like Charles Lloyd or right. Paul Horn, you know. And it's like that wasn't. That, that was going to take, you know, 15 or 20 years of hard work. That <laughs> was already past the age that people start these things. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You know, no one was going to, I was not going to earn a living that way. Right. And I had, I had similar fantasies about being a writer and I had to learn some hard lessons along yeah, the way. The good, so, news, the good news and the bad news <clears throat> in our culture and our society at this time uh, you you have uh, you have a lot of choices. And we, so that, yes, it's it's good yes. And, it's good and bad. And, and I always envied those people who like you know classmates. We we all had them. You know, right. We were in sixth grade or high school, and they right. just knew what they were going to exactly. Do. I'm going to be an and engineer. They've been on that track since they were kids, and that was it. And they were. I always envied them because I went through like six different majors in college. You know? I I, in the, I was in the same boat. <laughs> always thinking, what am I going to do? That's, that's only now? one aspect of Dharma, you know, yeah. what, what your career should be. But yeah. And he brings in, Stephen did, you know, this important element of our responsibility to others, to our families, to culture, to uh, community, to the world at large. And in this, the book we were talking about, I might as well plug it for him again, and my friends at Hay House, Dharma in Difficult Times, um, he profiles social activists throughout American history um, as exemplars of the, the ideas he's presenting here, going through difficult times and being a, um, of service to the larger community. So, you know, he goes back, he includes people like Gandhi, but also uh, uh, people in American history I wouldn't have thought about, like Harriet Beecher Stowe, who wrote uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin and was a, important in the abolitionist movement and, and some more recent activists and Marian right. Anderson, right. The, the opera star. So it, it, right. Yeah, it, I mean, he, he, it was good having him because oftentimes, and we've discussed this many times, uh, people that have uh, are involved in spiritual growth, spiritual development, become very inward and and can become sort of uh, detached from society, even narcissistic. Uh, where he makes it very clear that even in looking at the uh, yoga community in general, which he's very much part of, uh, is very white, it's very upper class, it's very so in some ways exclusive. Not that that community chooses to be like that, but I think uh, all of those, all of us that are involved. Uh, in, in, in spiritual development should uh, think about how we can incorporate all uh, uh, segments, all areas of society. And it's like, look, I like opera, but if you go to an opera 
uh, and and if you can afford to these days, and <laughs> and hear uh, you know see a performance, you know most of the, almost everybody in the audience is going to be you know upper upper echelons of society. It it shouldn't it doesn't have to be like that because in Italy back in the day, it was very much a uh, uh, commonplace for for everyone. So yeah. and, and I think certainly anything yoga that sort of thing. And we've had some people on actually. Yes, we have penetrate and move in that direction. And we've also pointed this, you know, we, we have tried to point this out before. Yeah, and, and I'm pleased very often. It's so that it indicates to me there's something going on <laughs> that's getting people off their cushions and uh, out of the, the, the self-centered orientation of spiritual development. It has to begin with that. Right. But then there's a certain maturity of being a human being in, in the world uh, that enters in as people mature. And, and I, it's great that, that we've had uh, spiritual teachers and leaders, Marianne Williamson being you know, one of the important ones, and several others, Buddhist teachers, yoga people, uh, emphasizing the importance of being engaged and uh, doing what we can for social justice and, uh, you know, community, the common good, right. as uh, Stephen put it. So yeah. the more I feel good that we were, we've been able to contribute in some way. Yeah. So he was, uh, I'd like to have him back on because many, many areas we can speak to uh, uh, with him and I uh, you know his background having been uh, going to be an Episcopal preacher and then, uh, goes from there to Kripalu. I mean, he's always been on, on a spiritual path, obviously. He even was, uh, I think he was Quaker for a while. So, uh, yeah. And a musician. Yes, we learned that after uh, we stopped the recording. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we should have him back on because one of the questions I wanted to ask him about that we didn't have time for was he's been at the uh, fulcrum of the sort of meeting ground of psychology and spirituality for decades. Mm -hmm. And there's been tremendous <laughs> progress in that area. And mm -hmm. so uh, we'll, we'll get them back to talk about that sometime. And Kripalu right. has really evolved from the days that it was a guru-centered spiritual community, you know, it, starting in the Saturdays. I guess it would have been the late 70s or 80s, and then evolving into this, uh, you know, very successful um, yoga teaching and workshop uh, institute. Mm -hmm. And uh, they survived COVID when they couldn't have in-person right. gatherings. And uh, the back, the back to maskless <clears throat> meetings, like so many places, and let's hope it stays that way. Um, and uh, wanted to mention those people. Uh, watching or, or listening, please hit the subscribe button. We would like that very much if you did that. And it's free. And uh, please go to our archives and enjoy the many, many interviews that are there. And we have a lot of great ones coming up. Well, Phil, uh, excellent. And, and many of our guests, uh, one session is never enough. You know, all of our guests really uh, would like to have on multiple times because yeah. there's two areas. And we to go shall if, if we stay on the air. Yes. And if you want to contribute to help us stay on the air, uh, it's not a donation because we're not a nonprofit, but 
Uh, if you go to spiritmatterstalk.com and you would like to contribute, uh, it, the opportunity to do that is there. It explains it very clearly. And for those people that have contributed, thank you very much. And also for the people I just listened in, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you too. Let your friends know and subscribe and um, we'll keep bringing you wonderful guests. Yes, please. Okay. See you, Dennis. See you.